about all the dads? It's Father's Day. How about all the dads standing up? How about you dads standing up? If you're a daddy, stand up. We want to we wanna say thank you. Yeah, look at y'all. Man. Father's Day. Wow, what a day, huh? It's interesting because it seems like every year they come up with another day for something. And if, if you're like National Mosquito Day or something, it's just like they just keep coming up with things. And, and it's like if one day isn't enough, if they don't think we're paying attention, they're going to make a month out of it. Well, this is, and I'm like, hey, let's just kind of slow down on making every day uh, uh, something that's just like somewhat insignificant. I think Father's Day is pretty significant. I think it's pretty important because we all, everybody that, uh, that's alive uh, has a father. Uh, not everybody that's alive has a daddy. There's a difference between just being a father and a daddy, and, and I just want to talk to all the daddies and the fathers here this morning and, and uh, encourage everybody to, to be who you've been called to be. You be you. The you that God made is the best you that you can be. And I think one of the biggest challenges for all of us fathers is to figure out who he really made us to be. And uh, I think the closer we get to him, the more we realize that he knows and uh, we uh, are still learning. Right, right dads? Uh, Father's Day is interesting. Father's Day to me is kind of like shaving. <laughs> You shave one day and everything's all cleaned up, and then the next day you got to start all over again. It's just like, it's just uh, never, never done. It's like them whiskers are always coming back, and you always need to shave. Um, isn't it something how Father's Day that you, uh, uh, like, it's not like Mother's Day. It's a lot different than Mother's Day. Because, like, Father's Day, uh, what, what are you going to get at dad? What are you, you going to buy your husband or your dad for Father's Day? What, what would be the best gift? And I think it's found like in, in the book of Exodus, in the Ten Commandments, it says to honor your father. I just think that to me, that, that's probably the best gift I could get from my kids or my grandkids it just, is, is, is honor. Because that's... You know, that, that's what makes you pick up the phone and call. And, uh, but what's funny about Mother's Day is different because, like, on Mother's Day, like in church, I mean, it's pretty full on Mother's Day. Father's Day, not so much. <laughs> I mean, it's like, and it's a great day for the, the flower shops. And, I mean, it's kind of an emotional day, you know, and we take mother and mom out to eat, and they just do all the, you know, and, and then it's Father's Day, they're like, well, what do you want to do? Well, I don't know. What do you want to do? Well, I, let's go take a nap. Well, okay. You know, it's just not that big of a deal. Father's Day is, is kind of, people kind of downplay Father's Day, but Mother's Day, it's a great Great day for business because you got to do some things on Mother's Day that you don't have to do on Father's Day. 
Am I right? I mean, the reason you're giggling is because you know I'm right. So us dads, we, we're kind of put together a little bit differently. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> Men are a little different than women. Contrary to what this world is saying in this, this whole month that they're celebrating in Washington, men are supposed to be different than women. It, it's uh, part of the plan. It's interesting in between the, in, in the commandments, in between remember the Sabbath day and thou shalt not murder, it says honor your father. <laughs> honor means to regard with great respect, to esteem, or to give recognition. Uh, I think that uh, the, the, the retail business, they, they, the reason they like Mother's Day better than Father's Day is because everybody spends more money. But like before the days of the cell phone, there was a thing called a landline. <laughs> and on that landline, the, anybody remember collect calls? Oh, well, yeah. Now, for you young people that, like, were born after the 90s, uh, there was a thing that if you, if you didn't have any money to pay for the phone call, you could get on, the, on the, uh, uh, a, a pay phone. Thank you. Yeah, they had things that they called pay phones at different <laughs> establishments, and you could go to the pay phone and, and dial zero on the operator. Can I help you? I'd like to make a phone, a collect call. And so the operator would, would and you could hear him say this. You say, they say, would you accept a collect phone call from Randy? And then my dad, he, he was like kind of a jokester. I don't know anybody named Randy. <laughs> well, I guess I'll take it, you know. But back in the day, the greatest money-making day for the phone companies was not Mother's Day. It was Father's Day. <laughs> Us dads, we get, we get hit with all the bills. It's not easy being a dad. It seems like dads spend the first couple of years of their children's life encouraging them, to, encouraging them to walk and to talk, and the rest of their life they're telling them to sit down and be quiet. <laughs> It's interesting as well on, in uh, Webster's Dictionary, fathers comes right before fatigue. <laughs> and of course, it also comes right after fat-headed. <laughs> and I don't know what that means either. Mark Twain, Mark Twain uh, once said that when he was a boy 14 that his father was pretty ignorant, didn't know a thing. Uh, and he couldn't hardly stand to have the old man around, but he said after he turned 21, he was astonished at how much his dad had learned in seven years. 
It's a good day to celebrate fathers today. We just want to say thank you to all the fathers today. Thanks, thanks for being a father. Thanks for being a dad. Uh, this is the time of year we choose to say thank you for all the sacrifices and the hard work and the long hours of parenthood and, and uh, freely given and not always being acknowledged. One of the things in, uh, in the scripture, on Mother's Day, a lot of times we preach about a, a lady named Hannah. And Hannah was the uh, mother of Samuel. And, and when we do the baby dedications, you remember a lot of times we bring up Hannah because Hannah dedicated Samuel to the Lord, brought Samuel to the temple and gave him to Jesus, gave him to God and said, uh, he's yours and we dedicate him to you. Uh, and so Hannah was a, was a great example of uh, motherhood. But Hannah was not a single mother. She had a husband, and his name was Elkanah. And Elkanah was uh, somebody that you, you don't hear much about. He was one of, the, one of the ones that just was his, he was there, but nobody ever preaches about him until today. <laughs> he became a great leader, uh, a great man of God, and, and this, I mean, Samuel, Samuel, the son of Elkanah and Hannah, was a great leader, great man of God. Uh, his mama prayed for him a lot. I'm sure his daddy prayed for him a lot. Uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1, it says, there was a certain man from Ramathium, a Zuphite, from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, he had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. On Mother's Day, we talk about Hannah's problems, that she couldn't have uh, a, a baby, and, and then uh, God promised her, and she promised God that if, if God would give her uh, a son, that she would dedicate this baby to the Lord. Uh, the lesson that we learn from Elkanah is that a godly father must love his wife. A godly, a godly father must love his wife. John Wooden, he was a NCAA champion uh, for 12 years, and he, he wrote a lifetime reflection on and off the court. Uh, he was a great coach. He said this, he said, the best thing a father can do for his children is love their mother. The best thing that a father can do for his children is love their mother. He's right, dad, it goes without saying that your kids need and deserve your love, but if you're married, your wife comes first. I'm going to wait on you a minute. Amen. If you're married, your wife comes first. Now, these Father's Day sermons, kind of like Mother's Day sermons, if you're not a father, and you're sitting here in church today, and you're going, well, I didn't need to come, because going to talk to the father as well. Let me tell you something. This stuff applies to everybody. 
the principles of the kingdom of God needs to be understood regardless of whether you're a child, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're divorced, whether you're a mother or whether you're a father. There are principles in the word of God that always apply to everybody. And my grandma said something a long time ago. She said that I've, she made this statement, lived to be 90 some years old. She said, I've never heard a bad sermon in my life. And I was like, well, I have. I've, heard, I've, I've preached some bad sermons. <laughs> and I said, why, why, could you, why would you say that, Grandma? She said, because they always read something out of the Bible. You know, if you're looking to criticize and be critical, whether it's in the church or whether it's in a marriage or whether it's in your home, whether it's at work, you can always find something to whine about. If you look for it, you can always find something to be offended at. But if you look for something to be blessed with, even though the sermon may not be that great, if somebody reads something out of the Bible, it can't be that bad. <laughs> so this, it's tough sometimes for people to hear that, that their spouse comes first. I would just say this, that you are an example to your kids on how to treat their spouse whenever they grow up. Uh, there's times when a child's immediate needs might come first momentarily, but ultimately the marriage bond has to be paramount, and your marriage has to come first. So I would say this, when kids are the center of your, of your universe, they grow up thinking that they are the center of the universe. Anybody seen some of them kids running around? The kids who grow up watching their dad model and express true unconditional love for them and their mother and will learn the right way to love, they will learn the right way to love and to be loved. The Bible instructs us in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. That's what Elkanah did. Uh, he loved Hannah very much, and he showed it. There's numerous ways we can show our wife that we love her. But in my opinion, and you can kind of chisel it down to a couple of things, through your works and through your words. The things that you do and the things that you say. And I would say, just add to this, that uh, our heart has to be pure because one of the things that is uh, gifted, that women have a gift of discernment that when you're working or you're, you're saying something, if it's not from the heart, they, they know, they already know it. Am I right? I mean, it's like, it's like you know if you're doing something because you're in trouble or just because you have to, or if you're pouting, do it because you want to, not because you have to, because you love your wife. First uh, Samuel 1.5, it says, but Hannah, uh, Elkanah showed his love like at dinner time. The Bible says, but Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her. It was a small thing, but Elkanah loved Hannah and try to show it in simple acts of service. We can do the same for our wives, like make the bed in the morning. 
do the dishes. Don't leave your underwear on the bathroom floor. <laughs> Take her out on a date. Buy her flowers if she likes flowers. If she, don't buy, if she don't like flowers, do something else. But show your love to her by the things that you do. Elkanah also showed he loved her, Hannah, by his words. Sometimes uh, while trying to help, we say things that may not be taken the way we mean them. You guys ever know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you say things and you didn't really mean it that way. Uh, in uh, Samuel 1.8, it says that Elkanah asked, why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? And then he said this. He said, you have me. Isn't that better than 10 sons? <laughs> you idiot. No. <laughs> it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, no, no, just stop right there. Oh, goodness. I don't want to pat Elkin on the back too much without commenting on his glaring mistakes. Anybody got some of them in there? Don't raise your hand, guys. <laughs> One of the things he was, was he was married to two women. Uh, we watched these shows on TV, Sister Wives, My Five Wives, and Scripture teaches us that we're in 1 Timothy 3, 2, that we're supposed to be the husband of one wife. And, and you know that trying to love two women is like a ball and chain. You know that, right? <laughs> trying to love two women. One, sometimes the pleasure ain't worth the strain. It's a long old grind and it tires your mind. John Dresser wrote a book. He said, if I could do it all again, the title of the book. Anybody have some regrets in your life? My name's Randy Weaver. I could write a book on my regrets. John Dresser shares eight things that he would do differently if he could go through his years of being a father all over again. Uh, first of all, he writes, if I could do it all over again, I would love my wife more because by loving my children's mother more, I would create an environment of security in our home. Our love would be something they could see, something they could never have to worry about. So important. Uh, let's not wait till uh, it's too late to look back. Uh, teach our kids to honor their mothers by example. Uh, another thing that uh, coincidentally, uh, at the end of end of the list, the last thing that he wrote, he said, "I would make God an intimate friend of my family. I would use His name freely. I would communicate to them. He is involved in all of our family decisions. I would want them to see." me pray and hear me pray and to read God's word and search for direction uh, from his leadership. Elkanah was kind of, he was like that. Each year Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of the heavens armies in, in the tabernacle. And uh, uh, 
worshiping God, coming to church was important to him. The entire family got up early the next morning, it says, and went to worship the Lord once more. I mean, even after they went that weekend, they returned home to Ramah after that, but they, they worshiped, and worship was a big part of what Elkanah did. I think, I think church is important. Uh, church won't get you to heaven. Church membership won't get you to heaven. Now, a lot of churches will tell you that if you're a member of this church, uh, then you can go to heaven. I'm gonna, just going to say that you, to, in order to be, uh, in order to go to heaven, you must be born again. And you must, because God's not going to say, where's your church membership card when you get to heaven? He's going to say, what did you do with my son? Did you accept him? Did you accept his sacrifice? Uh, There's a little boy who went to Sunday school class, and he got in, kind of got into the class a little bit late. And the teacher asked him, said, uh, uh, why are you running Late, And he said, well, I was supposed to be going fishing with my dad, but my dad told me I needed to go to church instead. And the teacher was very impressed and <clears throat> asked the little boy if his dad explained to him why it was more important to go to church than to go fishing. And the young little boy said, yes, he did. He said, dad said that he didn't have enough bait for both of us. Dad's God, God has called us to be the spiritual leader in our family, amen, to lead by example, to be a representative to our household. You see, a child is not likely to find a father in God unless he finds something of a God in his, something of God in his father. Let me say that again. A child is not likely to find a father in in God unless he finds something of God in his father. The godliness that is, because here's, here's, here's the facts, whether we accept them or not, that our, our kids look to their parents for guidance and their parents are representatives of who God is. And if, the, if we are flawed in our, in our raising of our kids, and I'm not saying that we're perfect, but I'm saying that, that we, we have to be uh, to the best of our ability to love our kids the way that God loves our kids and to be the example to our kids that, that, that God has been to us because we are the Bible that our kids read. Um, dads, if you love God and love to worship him, your kids will too. If you don't prioritize God, if God isn't first in your life, he won't be first in their life either. Statistics tell us that in families where mom is regular is a regular churchgoer, but dad isn't, only 37% of the kids will attend church even sporadically when they grow up. On the other hand, in households where dads attend church regularly, 78% of the kids will still attend church when they grow up. Listen to this. And in families where dads attend church but moms doesn't, it actually goes up to 84%. Because your children, yeah, 
Because your children see how important God is to you and they want to follow your footsteps. Dads, you have great and even greater influence, nothing against the moms, but your influence is amazing with your kids and it's important for us to know that. <clears throat> Do you know what 90% of homeless and runaway children and 71% of high school dropouts, 75% of youth in drug abuse centers, and 85% of all youth in prisons have in common? Yeah, they all come from fatherless homes. The number of the number, numbers show that children with involved fathers have higher self-esteem, better grade point averages, and they grow up in, to be the most compassionate adults. Dads, we are vital. The role we play, the role we play is world changing. God has given us the ability to completely rewrite the future for our kids. So thank you. Thank you for stepping up. Thanks for coming to church. Thank you for being that example. Thank you for being a man of God and for being a role model, for being a mentor. Thank you for saying to your kids that you're proud of them. Thank you for taking them fishing. I mean, not during church, but... <laughs> uh, I mean, even... I, I'm telling you, it's, you're not going to go to hell if you take your kids fishing on Sunday. But if you make a habit out of missing church and it's not important to you, it won't be important to your kids. That's all I'm saying. Uh, thanks for taking time to take them fishing and throw the football with them for always having our backs and providing for your kids. Thanks for loving your wife and loving to worship because that's, that's really the key to success. You know, with the information we got on Elkanah, it, it, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, <coughs> it leaves me wondering what kind of man he really was. I'm just going to come out with it. You know what I mean? <clears throat> it says some good things about him, but, but it also says some things where, where, uh, uh, and that's one of the things I love about the Bible is that it, it's, it's, with most everybody, it's pretty transparent, but it just doesn't go into a lot of detail with Elkanah. I didn't know, and I, I, I'm still a little bit apprehensive, but I'm going to tell you, Dad, how you raise your kids and how you influence your kids is vital to how confident they are and, and, and well-balanced in life. It's crazy. Huh. One of the things that uh, growing up, my dad pastored a church, you all know that, uh, and because I saw everything that dad went through pastoring, <clears throat> I made up my mind early in life that I didn't want to pastor a church. 
I mean, seriously, it was just like, no, no, no. So Darla knows this very well. I mean, even when we, when we came up here, uh, the name of the church was not Lone Star Cowboy Church. We called it Montgomery Cowboy Fellowship. Because we didn't, I didn't want the church, I didn't want church, the church name involved because I didn't want a church. It's crazy. I mean, I know, you know, you're, you're looking at me going, well, that's kind of dumb. Well, you don't know what I know. <clears throat> you ain't been where I've been. You ain't walked in my boots. You can judge me all you want. I don't even care. <laughs> But I'd seen my dad come home from board meetings and he would just be crying and, and they don't understand, they don't get it, and, and just kind of just hurt. And my dad was somebody that uh, he wouldn't... I don't know how to say this. He didn't handle things that needed to be handled, and he let some strong-willed women in the church run over him. Let me put it that way. Uh, mouthy women. And he let, he, he, and there was men in the church that would try to run, run the church because they paid a lot of tithe or Gave a lot of, they thought they owned the church and they could run the church because they, they paid the most tithe, which is stupid. But my dad had a hard time <clears throat> dealing with those things. And I grew up in that atmosphere. And I'm, I'm going to confess something to you because I think it's important for y'all to, to hear this. In the early days of this church, I, let, I, I would let people kind of run, run shod on me. And it's, it's been tough. Here's what I bought into. Here, here's the reason I'm telling you. I'm, no, I'm not telling you this so you can feel sorry for me. I'm telling you this because you, you need to hear this. What I learned was that I thought that it was being godly if you just let people run over you. And some of you women, if your husband's running over you, that's not godly. And back at you, when, husbands, if your wife's running over you, <laughs> that's not godly. Amen. I just want to hear that amen from everybody. Because there's a, listen to me, there's a ditch on both sides of this road where, where you, you just let people run over you over here, but over on this side of the ditch, you're the one that's running over people. So when you get in the middle and, and you understand the value of people, but you don't let people run over, but you love them in a way that holds them accountable, but you're in control, but you're not controlling of people. The people in this side of the ditch, they're the controlling people, and they want to run everything. And then over here is the people that they think, oh, I've just got to be, I just got to be more godly and just let people run. No. That's not it either. To be good fathers, we must be humble and teachable. 
and understand that we have extreme value in the kingdom of God. And we must not be bullies, but we don't really need to be bullied either. And there's a world out there that our kids, and the reason I'm telling you this too, is because our kids live in a world out there that want to uh, feminize the boys. And, and, and the world wants men to look like women and for women to look like men. And there, there's no, no real distinction. It's just kind of, and if, if, we don't, if, if we don't buy into the way that they think, then, then they're going to bully us. But we need to stand up for the truth of the word of God without being a bully. Amen. The challenge that we have, listen, is the same challenge that Jesus had. The challenge that Jesus had was to love people in a healthy way, to let them know that he loved them, but he didn't have to compromise justice. Because what is justice? The Father is a just God. It's kind of like it's kind of like if somebody would come up to me. My kids are married, but if somebody come up to me and and they was like, "I'm going to move in with your daughter, and and uh, we just want to kind of see if we can get along before we get married," just kind of want to test drive the car a little bit. It ain't going to go over very good with me. So it's a different perspective. Dads, listen to me. It's a different perspective. The kid wanting to have sex before marriage is different when you're the father looking at your daughter. It's a different perspective. So parents, young people, if you you want God's justice and you want to honor God, honor his word, and honor the process that God laid in front of us without, without bullying, but also without compromising. You can be strong without being a bully. Dads, you can be strong without being a bully. What is justice? Justice is... When you owe a debt, making sure that that debt gets paid, that's justice. And if you don't have what it takes to get that debt paid, you might have to have some help. Maybe from your daddy. Y'all with me? Because you owed a debt you couldn't pay. What's injustice? Injustice is when you belong to God, you've invited him to come into your life. You say, God, I am yours. Everything I am, everything I ever hope to be, I give it to you. And then you withhold, stay with me, you're not, you may, you withhold 10% of your income 
and you say, God, I, I trust you and I believe you, but, but I'm going to write the book on what I think is right on how much I give to you. Injustice is you keeping what belongs to God. Injustice is you taking authority where you don't have authority. That's what this world wants to do. They want to take authority over the church and tell you what you need to believe and what you don't need to believe. And the, the problem is, is that we make up our own mind what is right instead of asking God what he says is right. And it says it will a man rob God. So actually what happened is, is if we keep that 10%, we're robbing God of what belongs to him. Having said that, let me tell you why I said that. Because why is really more important than the actually what. The why is, is because when you trust God with that 10%, he's going to bless the 90% more than you could ever imagine if you would have spent 100% because you're not. Whenever you bless God and are obedient to God with your income, with your stewardship of your family, with your stewardship of your marriage, with the stewardship of your kids, the stewardship of your finances, then God says, there's somebody that I'm going to bless because you're obedient to him and you honor him and the word that he's put in you. It just works. And the reason I don't preach about money much is because it always makes people mad when I do. Somebody along the way is going to get mad. And, and then, they, then they say this, well, that preacher just wants my money. Listen, if you're mad, let me just say this right now, disclaimer. If you're mad that I'm talking about money, please don't give your money. God's not going to honor it anyway. Just put it back in your pocket. You don't have to give it when you walk out the door. Because God's not going to bless it anyway. Because it's not, listen to me, it's not about the money. It's about what's going on inside your heart. And us daddies, we need to be good examples for our kids. When I was a little boy, when I was a little boy, if my daddy would give me a dollar for my allowance, he would ask me how much, I miss my daddy, how much of that dollar belongs to God? My daddy taught me the value of being obedient to God by giving me a lesson. And he says, yeah, yeah, it's real easy. If you have a dollar, just take a zero off and 10 cents belongs to God. If you got $10, take a zero off. A dollar belongs to God. If you got $100, take a zero off. $10 belongs to God. If you got $1,000, take a zero off. $100 belongs. It's math. But he, he, it was important enough for him to teach me value. And as daddies, if this world ever needed anything, it needs a daddy that has values. Nobody else is going to have them. The church doesn't have them. Nobody else is going to get them. So it's a good thing you came to church this morning because it's, it's showing that what you value, and God will bless you. He'll bless you for your obedience. Amen? Amen. I love y'all. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for loving us. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, 
for the, 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 the template that you have given us to be good fathers. I thank you for all of the mothers. I thank you for the marriages. I thank you for the kids, oh God. Lord, show us your way. Help us, Lord, not to be intimidated by our actions or to be uh, controlling with our actions, but help us to love people and to know that you honor whatever choices we make. And so, Lord, help us, help me to honor whatever choices people make, that it doesn't affect our love, your love for us at all, and it shouldn't affect our love for other people at all. We do know, however, though, our obedience blesses, our obedience affects your blessings on us. So we want your blessings on us, and we pray, oh God, that you'd help us to be faithful, faithful people. In Jesus' name I pray. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning. If you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, the greatest gift that you will ever have in your life is a relationship with the God that created you. If you've never accepted him as your Savior, it's a choice that everybody has to make as an individual, and that's the, that's the gift that God has given you. And he, he said, uh, if we confess our sin, he would be faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ, maybe if you have, you just really haven't been living for him. You just haven't been. You need to get your heart right with Jesus simply by raising your hand. Say, preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Slip your hand up high. Anybody? Preacher, that's me. Anybody? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Would you stand with me, please? <clears throat> I love y'all. I love y'all a lot. And I thank you for coming to church. Thanks for being faithful to the house of the Lord. And, and I just pray throughout this week that as, as we go through the week, that, that the Lord will, will reveal things in your life that would bless your life. And uh, just, uh, just know that God's got a plan for everybody. Let's all raise our hands and surrender to him. I want to pray for y'all. Lord, help us to... Uh, know the way. We thank you, Lord, that you are showing us that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Help us, Lord, to be faithful to you. I pray for all the fathers, for all the daddies that are here today. Help us, Lord, to, to uh, be great examples to our kids. Uh, help us, Lord, to, to not just to uh, uh, show them that we love them, but also to tell them that we love them by, by sharing your word with them every chance and every opportunity we get to share your love. And we thank you, Lord, that you're giving us wisdom in everything we do. And we praise you. We worship you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless y'all. We love you. Thanks for coming to church. We've got a prayer team up here if you need special prayer. Love to have you.